What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Tigers. I am your host, Chris Castellani. It is Monday, July 20th. Have you heard the news? Baseball starts this week. What a time to be alive. We finally made it to baseball week, regular season week. It's finally, it's actually happening. We're actually going to make it to opening day. Finally, game start the 23rd, opening day officially July 24th. What a time to be alive. I could not be more excited. We do have some Detroit Tigers news to talk about today, and I'm going to start with the news that broke on Saturday. Anthony Fennick, among many other people, though I believe he was the first one to report it, uh, announced that Jordan Zimmerman has been put on the 45-day injured list most likely ending his tenure in Detroit. I guess it is possible they give him a sympathy start or two, but even if they do, his tenure is essentially over here. They will not play a a full season or even a 60-game season with him as a a, a piece of that five-man rotation. Jordan Zimmerman was truly awful in his time here in Detroit. 25-41, 25 and 41, a 561 ERA. He was he was absolutely abysmal outside of an unbelievable first month. And I I'm going to repeat a lot of what I said in the video I made on my Twitter. You can follow me at Castellani2014 a couple days ago and I I am as guilty as anyone, probably the most guilty of taking Jordan Zimmerman's contract, which is quite possibly the worst in the history of Detroit sports. Not the history of the Detroit Tigers, history of Detroit sports, period. I I am guilty of taking that awful contract out on him. In reality, it's the fault of ownership and management for giving him that deal. Jordan Zimmerman absolutely made the best decision for him. Now, injuries derailed his time here. You, You look at his numbers in Washington. You know, he probably peaked in 2014. He had an awesome season, went 14-5, and five, threw a no-hitter, had an unbelievable start in the postseason as well. 2-6-6 ERA, finished fifth for the Cy Young. He was he was truly excellent. The next year, ERA went up by a full run, still won 13 games, still pitched over 200 innings, but uh, there were definite signs uh, for concern, you know, reasons to be concerned about Jordan Zimmerman. The fastball was down a few ticks in velocity, not as many strikeouts, but even when they signed him, I was like, look, this is a whole lot of money, right? And the Tigers, and this was slightly after the Dombrowski era, right? The Tigers were a, an organization kind of known for throwing gobs of money at people. So they signed him to this five-year, $110 million deal. I was like, all right, that, that's more than I would have paid him. But hey, you know what? You got Verlander in this rotation. You got Michael Fulmer coming up here pretty soon. If you can have Zimmerman be a two or a three in this rotation, maybe we got something. I, I don't mind this signing. And he had a great first month. He was American League Pitcher of the Month in, in April 2016. He was incredible. And then uh, injuries derailed him and he fell off a cliff. Now, I, I still say, even if he would have maintained relative full health, I don't think they would have been able to get five you know good years out of him. I, I think his stuff was already deteriorating by the time he left Washington. But I thought they would at least be able to get several good seasons out of him, and they got one good month. Everything else was awful. Last year was uh, truly incredible. One in thirteen, a six nine one ERA. But I do have to compliment the guy on his professionalism. If there's any guy who probably had a right to lash out at the fan base or idiots like me or at the media for the thrashing that they took, and a deserved thrashing. I mean, he was pitiful here. Jordan Zimmerman 
would have been that guy, but I, I give him credit. He kept his mouth shut. He went about his business professionally, and I remember going back and looking at pitch selection and thinking, like, man, he really was trying. He never, he never quit trying to make it work in Detroit. I remember there were starts where he was so heavy on the breaking balls. There were starts where he was heavy with the heaters. There were starts when he was trying to kind of transition into being more of a sinker ball or throwing more two-seam fastballs, and nothing ever worked. He was just a prime example of a guy with absolutely flat stuff. Now, I've had a few people say, hey, you thought Anibal Sanchez was done. Maybe this will be another one of those cases. Maybe Jordan Zimmerman will go somewhere else and pitch, you know, good good baseball. I mean, Sanchez completely turned his career around in Atlanta and then in Washington a season ago winning a World Series. Um, that that will not happen with Jordan Zimmerman. First of all, Anibal Sanchez was never as bad as 1-13 in and a 6-9-1 ERA. Let's not get it twisted. But two, Sanchez's issue was durability, was hard contact, and his mechanics were all messed up. He kind of fixed that by the time he got to Atlanta, and especially by the time he got to Washington. He ditched he ditched a few pitches. I don't think he even throws a slider anymore. I, I think Anibal Sanchez was was very bad in Detroit his last couple years, but I, I don't think the pitching coaches did him any favors. Jordan Zimmerman was a veteran. This is just, to me, a prime example of a guy whose stuff had just completely deteriorated. If he goes somewhere and pitches even decent baseball for an extended period of time, I will eat my words and be as shocked as I have ever been about any opinion that I have ever had. I just don't see it. I think he's completely done. But still, I wish him nothing but the best in his future endeavors. I think he's a good guy who tried to make things work. Uh, He was just on the field uh, truly pitiful. And he, to me... When I think about this era of Tigers baseball, the worst of it, 2017 to 2019, Jordan Zimmerman to me is the poster child of that. And it's not necessarily his fault. It's just when you think of what it was that got this organization in this position, it was failure to to develop guys. It was over-reliance, over-use of pitchers. It was mismanagement of certain pitchers. It was throwing gobs of money at has-been 30-somethings. Now, I want people to understand that I know there's a lot of frustration out there about the Tigers not spending money, and I have been as frustrated as anyone about that. But I will say, as someone who more so lately has defended this rebuild, it was contracts like Jordan Zimmerman's that got the Tigers in this position in the first place. And I truly do believe that his tenure possibly coming to an end here, I hope, will be symbolic of a new era here in Detroit. And that's an era, uh, an organization that spends their money wisely. I'm fine. Look, the time will come in which you're going to have to sign a Lindor or a Springer or a Betts, and you're going to throw a ton of money at them. I have no problem with somebody like that. But I think this this idea, this archaic mentality that they had for so long when Dabrowski was here and in the first few years of, of the uh, Avila era of throwing un- obscene amounts of money at guys that were, if not past their prime, pretty darn close to being past their prime, and they have spent the last several years now absolving themselves of their sins, and Jordan Zimmerman is a prime example of the sins that they've been trying to absolve. So, I I probably rambled more than I expected to about this, because I, I will always, as awful as things were when he was here, kind of have a soft spot for Jordan Zimmerman. I, I, I Maybe it's like Stockholm Syndrome. I, maybe I've just grown accustomed to his face, but, you know, he tried to make things work, and he was, uh, to me, the, the poster child of a, uh, hopefully an era of Detroit Tigers baseball that we'll never have to see 
again. So when I come back in segment number two, it was announced yesterday who will be starting opening day for the Detroit Tigers. I will talk about who that is. And also, I will talk about the fact that with Jordan Zimmerman going on the I.L., what type of repercussions is that going to have for someone like a Casey Mize? I will cover all that in segment two. We will be right back. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer, they're offering all our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code locked on MLB for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. And we're back. So as I teased at the end of segment one, Jordan Zimmerman obviously on the IL, his tenure here in Detroit most likely done. So what does that mean? for this rotation. Well, everyone is already clamoring, make Mize part of the rotation. Make Casey Mize part of the rotation. You got to call him up. Start him on opening day. And Anthony Fennick, in fairness to him, tweeted something that I completely agreed with, and that is to start Casey Mize on the opening day roster would be malpractice. Talked about this uh, two times, I believe, on podcasts last week. Look, the way that the service time rules work this year If you wait eight days, you will get to retain Casey Mize going forward for an extra full year. That is irreplaceable. I know, man, me, uh, me included. I'm so excited to see him pitch, man. I mean, we've, we've talked about, you know, pieces of the future, like, oh, Jake Rogers, he might be part of the future. Oh, okay. This guy might be Paredes. No, the the future begins when Casey Mize gets the call. He was the first really huge, substantial draft pick that you had of this era. Number one overall pick. That will be the, the signaling of a new era, hopefully, much like what Steven Strasburg's first start in Washington was for the Nationals back in 2010. I can't wait to see him. And with Zimmerman being put on the injured list, I am extremely confident that we will see him. Now, I don't think they're going to be as blatantly obvious as to go the eight-day limit and then immediately call up Casey Mize. My guess is the rotation will look like how we all think it's going to look like. Matt Boyd, Spencer Turnbull, Michael Fulmer, and Tyler Alexander kind of doing a a piggyback start, apparently. Yvonne Nova and then possibly Daniel Norris. Hopefully Daniel Norris, if he can uh, return back to full health. He, He just reported to camp recently. My guess is Boyd and Turnbull are going to be here all year. I have no qualms about that, but whoever the first one is to break or get injured, whether it be Norris, whether it be Fulmer, God will, I hope he doesn't get injured again, or Alexander or Nova, the first guy to either get injured or really fall apart will be sent down and Casey Mize 
will get the call up, the first option available out of the minor leagues. And that makes sense, and I would be completely content and happy with that. Look, I have criticized this organization's handling of pitchers in the past. I think the way they handled Michael Fulmer in 2017-2018 was was truly abysmal, and I think they, they derailed that entire man's career. Uh, I talked in the last segment about how I don't think they did Anibal Sanchez any favors, but I think the way they've handled these young pitchers through the minor leagues has been, I mean, close to flawless. You know, they haven't overpitched Casey Mize. They haven't underpitched him. They haven't coddled him. When he was injured, he went on the injured list for a while. He came back. They didn't overuse him. Every time I've seen him pitch, I say, this is a guy who is a major league pitcher, and we're going to see him real soon, and you have to. Casey Mize is 23 years old. It is ridiculous to assume that that a round one, pick one, pitcher in a major league draft who has stayed relatively healthy in his time through the minor leagues won't get the call up until 24 years old. That's insane. I think he's ready. I can't wait to see him. And I think we will see him soon. We just need to hold on a little bit longer. He'll be here. I believe me. I am extremely confident in that he will be here pretty darn soon. Also, other news, as I brought up in the first segment, it was officially announced yesterday, Matt Boyd will be starting opening day for the Detroit Tigers in 2020. Uh, no surprise, you know, I talked last week, I was worried for a second, I, because I know Guardy loves the vet- veterans, and I was worried that he was going to do something crazy like have Zimmerman start opening day, obviously, with the injury, that completely uh, negates that possibility, but uh, they made the right choice. You know, Matt Boyd in the second half of last season was was pretty pitiful, and I was angered by the fact they didn't trade him. I felt like his stock was was pretty darn high. He's only led the league in one category his entire career, and that was home runs given up. He gave up 39 a season ago, a majority of those coming in the second half. But with that said, he is far and away the most durable and best pitcher on this team, and he's earned the right to start opening day in 2020. I, I have no doubt about that whatsoever. And I, look, I just I root for the guy in general because it cannot be easy. That's one thing that I I think hasn't been talked about enough is the psychological effects of playing on a team that loses 114 games. It has to wear you down. And the fact is, this is a guy who was in trade rumors, you know, for majority of last season, especially in the first half, and, you know, he's, he's kept his mouth shut, he's gone out and pitched, and sometimes he's been more effective than others. I mean, all in all, he hasn't had that great of a career. I mean, he's got a career 4.92 ERA, that's nothing to write home about, but I, I do think most people, including myself, believe that this is finally the year where he takes that next step. Last year, he improved the strikeout numbers, he stayed healthy, he was excellent in the first half of the season, kind of fell apart in the second, gave up a lot of hard contact, gave up a lot of home runs. I believe that even in a 60-game season, he is the pitcher on this roster most likely to thrive in that scenario, and I'm excited to see him go up against Sonny Gray Game 1 on Friday. It's uh, it's going to be glorious. I- I'm so excited. So that is going to do it for today's show. Man, I feel like I rambled, but look, we're close to baseball. How can you not ramble? How can you not be excited, man? It's finally here. After a a pandemic and all this craziness, we're going to see Major League Baseball this week. I'm so bleeping excited. So you can follow me on Twitter to follow that excitement at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. You can follow this show on Twitter at Locked on Tigers. If you have any questions, 
for the mailbag segment. You can send those to this show's Gmail account, LockedOnTigers at gmail.com. Got a couple more positive reviews on iTunes lately, so go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a five-star review. That would be much, much appreciated. It always warms the cockles of my heart to know that you people enjoy my content. So thank you very much for listening. It is game week, baby. We're going to be talking about it all week here on Locked on Tigers, so stay tuned. Thank you very much for listening. Have a great rest of your day, and go Tigers.